So this week, I got to chat with um, Emily Zell and Danny Leibarger, and they um, co-host um, a podcast called The Deconstruction Zone. And the premise for this podcast is actually uh, pretty cool. You, you got to check it out. The, um, Emily started deconstructing, and Danny Leibarger, who was a pastor of, of the church she was attending at the time, was like, hey, I'd like to... Um, um, be a friend through this process of you deconstructing and um, I, I guess pastor you through it, but you know, no strings attached or no, <laughs> no intention of like getting her to, to come back. It was just sort of like a, an organic process, just letting her, you know, air her, her deconstructions. And I thought it was so cool. And, um, they actually have a pretty decent following on, on TikTok, and um, the episodes are short, not like mine. I'm, I'm <laughs> mine are too long, <laughs> but um, uh, they they like to tackle one topic at a time, like per episode, which is cool. Um, you got to check them out. They're on uh, Deconstruction Zone. They have like merch and stuff, so t- um, check it out. Um, ch- check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Um, so yeah, here's my conversation with um. Emily and Danny. It was it was nice. Like it was just uh yeah, Emily's actually um on a similar path as, as I've been, you know, in terms of timing and stuff. Um but yeah, y- you'll enjoy the conversation. She's a comedian too on the side or I guess not on the side, on, on the middle. <laughs> it's her main thing. I guess maybe the podcast is her side thing. Um but um yeah, she's funny and Danny's cool too. He's like so like loving and he just I really enjoyed talking to, to both of them but yeah check it out Bye. so thank you guys for doing this this is um I feel like it's it's a big deal although I'm not making you wear pants I've always felt like making somebody <laughs> making somebody wear pants is like the biggest ask it's like oh you're making me wear pants I have to leave my house I have to get in the car I have to do this thing whatever um, but I'm not making you wear pants, so I I only I'm I'm only halfway appreciative of <laughs> of okay. the of the ask. <laughs> I am definitely in pajama pants, so I was like, I hope I don't need to like get it's not happening. I've been wearing like um basketball shorts for like the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> um so I usually just I mean I I feel like the uh, the episodes I record, it's like the same way that it would go if I were just meeting somebody for the first time. Like it would be, that's what the conversation mm-hmm. would probably look like. So if I, if yeah. we could just start it with like, I, I guess, Danny, um, you know, what was your journey look um, like and why are you where you are and, and all that? You're going to go with the man first? I, wow. I mean, okay. I, I, so I, on, on my screen, <laughs> okay. he's like over here <laughs> and you're like down here. <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm Danny, I'm a pastor in St. Louis. Right. And I do this whole deconstruction podcast with Emily and it's interesting to think about, right. Cause I was just recently reflecting on like my, my engagement in the deconstruction journey and what got me to where I am now is less of my own deconstruction though. I've said this a bunch of times, like I've had a lot of things I've deconstructed, whether it's been like the role of the church, people told me about Jesus, certain theologies like LGBTQ inclusion and women in ministry. So there's been things I've deconstructed for sure. But 
my investment in it has been really like piggyback off of my investment in Emily as a friend. And so it's like, we were like, we had a bunch of coffees over a period of time that parlayed itself into us being like, Hey, these are like good conversations and we should start recording them. And now something like 30 episodes later, we have a podcast. And um, then the coolest part of all of it is I feel like we're, like doing things like this, like, and having conversations with people. Like I was just DMing with someone on Instagram who found the, or found the deconstruction zone through TikTok and that kind of stuff. I'm just digging on like the fact that we get to have those conversations specifically in my role, because I think a lot of pastors usually push it away or try to squelch it. And my hope is to like do the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did I answer your question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your your side of the story, Emily. It may differ. My side of the story, Danny is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my side of the story, I think that's interesting, Danny. I, w- I know we've told this story before, but I reflect a lot about the fact that before I met Danny, actually, a different pastor had asked me to do a deconstruction podcast with him. But it was like to pastor me out of it. <laughs> he was and like, I'm I just thought you'd be helpful. <laughs> What'd you say, Danny? I said, I've just taken you deeper into deconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you're playing the long game, though. <laughs> uh, but it's just interesting to think about how different like that podcast would have been than the deconstruction zone where Danny has just been so like asked such helpful questions and truly has like pastored me through my deconstruction, but not in like a creepy way. <laughs> um, and, and also just been my friend and been accepting of me wherever I end up. But like deconstruction wise, I guess it's been um, probably like a two ish year journey and still feel very in the middle of it. Uh, but yeah, I was raised like very reformed, very like, fundamentalist Christian and then kind of slowly started thinking through things or mostly it started with me realizing the ways that things that had been told had been harmful to me and then thinking about that I was like well if this is harmful to me then I doubt that it can be true of God if God like made us for himself and so that kind of was the almost like the first thread I pulled in the sweater and I've just kept pulling and pulling and it's an interesting journey. <laughs> how how much of the sweater do you have left? <laughs> you no. <know. laughs> because Emily spends at least 15 minutes on that analogy on an episode we record, trying mm. to redeem the analogy of turning the sweater into a tank top, into a, like, it, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I, something about me is I go, like, if, they, if we have a metaphor, I just will hammer it until oh, I'm, I'm it doesn't way. make sense anymore. I did <laughs> it's helpful to me. But so here's what's interesting, though. It's interesting that you asked that question, because right now, like I told my therapist recently that I feel like I pulled the thread and now I feel naked. But I also felt naked when I like pulled like two threads. Mm. And I, so I don't know. I, I don't know enough crazy. about knitting or crocheting. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> is it a single string? I mean, I feel like because they make it seem that way on on like Looney Tunes, they make it seem that way. (laughs) They're just like pulling and pulling, the whole thing's falling apart. 
So I went to yarn school for a day. <laughs> There's a yarn school? <laughs> no, so like it, it came to us. I used to work for a quilting subscription box company. I'm sorry. This just reminds me of like those TikTokers that always start their videos with like, I'm a clinical psychologist and I happen to specialize in this specific thing. And it's like, wow, <laughs> that exists. It's like, <laughs> so I'm a special, a yarn specialist, um, um, MD or whatever. <laughs> so I'm not. I have one day of yarn school. I've never touched yarn since then. But like the company that I worked for bought a yarn company. So then we all had to go to yarn school. And I don't even know what I'm saying. There's a lot of different yarn varieties. That's not important. But I'm pretty sure because you just put it on like a like so it's in the like twisty balls when you get it. And then you make it into like a thing. It's like a hoop. And then you just sew. So I think it's all one string. Wow. Unless so you the, make a the reason I'm asking is leading into the metaphor is like if you start pulling <laughs> on the thread, um, does that necessarily mean the whole thing will fall apart? And I don't that's that's where I think the metaphor falls mm-hmm. apart. <laughs> where it's like it's possible, I think, to like lose a sleeve on the sweater or whatever, but maybe you keep some of it or um but I from what you I'm gathering it's 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 all gone. Which well, I don't I don't okay. necessarily believe. Okay. You don't necessarily believe that about well, me. Well, I'm not not that it'll be about you, but I I don't believe that like one can like completely deconstruct and be left with something that's so different from what you started that it's like none of the pieces are there. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm in, like, how long have, when did you start? And where, and yeah, how long has it been since you started? Started deconstructing? Um, like 2020. So two years, uh, yeah, no, maybe 2020 about probably it's been, it's probably about to be two years. Was there, was there like a day that you're like, um, if somebody were to ask me, what is your religion? that you would answer different like was there like a, a day that's like this is the day i'm i'm starting to stop saying whatever it is yeah and that's like pretty recent how recent? like probably uh, the last month okay so I if, if i were to ask you now i don't feel great about the title of christian right okay. now that's what you would that's how you would answer <laughs> <laughs> For me pers- like for me personally i don't feel i wouldn't feel comfortable with saying that title about myself because that just doesn't feel like where i'm at i said recently on an episode we recorded that i feel pretty functionally agnostic functionally <laughs> it sounds like recovering alcoholic comes or something that's- <laughs> <laughs> carlos what are, where are you on the religious I'm, spectrum i'm yeah. i'm pr- basically the same place although i don't have a reformed background i have a it's the whatever the other one is <laughs> you're in the same place as me Carlos? yeah the timeline is basically the same um it's not as recent like i want to if somebody uh, okay if if you had like if you're like the military they ask you like what kind of funeral you want like what religion what flavor of funeral you want <laughs> and it's like <laughs> if they were to, and i think it's like on your dog tag it's like this person wants a christian funeral or something or they put like a cross hmm. or something um and I, I think I would want like an agnostic one um, if I were to like die today. Um, but um, I think that I an- I would answer like not Christian as of June, July, like months. Like mm. it, there wasn't like a day, but it was kind of like gradual, but I, I'm there now. Um, sure. And same as you, like I kind of started it like in, in 2020. Like I was asking questions that people were like, are you still a Christian, bro? Like what's going on? Um <laughs> But um, yeah, like it. What what would you say was like 
was there like a trigger moment? Was there a trigger question? Like what what started it? To start the deconstruction or start the label change? Uh, both, I guess. Because I was thinking about the idea of like a label change, which maybe is a weird, but like it that feels very real right now. Because I think for a long time, not a long time, I'd say like a few months, I was feeling like I'm going to hold on to this label of Christian, but I don't feel, I feel so close to not Christian enough to have this label. Like I walked into a recording with Danny one day and I was like, I don't think I'm Christian enough for this podcast anymore. Mm. And he was like, I don't think that you get what this podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he said it like way nicer, but, um, (laughs) but so I think the label change happened maybe later than when I like it just the label change happened when I felt safe enough to be really honest about that and knew that like unity wouldn't change when like deconstruction started the same thing like it was so gradual because so I so I started dating someone who was non-denom I know, <laughs> which was like crazy in my circle Really, and starting to see someone, yeah, uh, wow. starting to see how people like even just took the Bible and interpreted it differently was kind of wild to me because, and like they were serious about it. Cause we would always say like, well, we're the only ones that take the Bible seriously, mm. <laughs> but then to see other people take the Bible seriously and get to their conclusions and be able to defend those conclusions. I was like, so maybe we aren't, maybe I am not as sure. And then kind of that just was like the slippery slope for better term of like, then I just started asking more questions and hearing more people who like left fundamentalism and realized how harmed they had been and how like the healing had been. And that just was like truly a game changer for me. But for so long, I was kind of dabbling in deconstruction but I was like, I'm just trying to see what the world says so that I can be a better witness. You know, mm. like you kind of got to start there, like <laughs> defend yourself to people. And then all of a sudden you're like deep in it and you're like, has there been anything I was going to ask of Danny, has there been anything that Emily has brought up that has led to you changing anything on your views or, or has influenced your perspective or whatever? Like has uh, she, has she rubbed off on you? I guess is my question. <laughs> Well, yeah, one hundred. She's been a bad influence. <laughs> she's one hundred percent rubbed off on me. I mean, I think there's been a lot of um, like a lot that I've gleaned from her thoughts. I still, I mean, I don't know. Like, even if there's been a label change, I don't think it changes that Emily is one of the like brighter theological minds that I've encountered. So it's like she knows her stuff, and so it's like that has her knowledge and. Like if Emily wanted to, she could be the greatest conservative Christian apologetic, like apologist <laughs> of all time. Like if she wanted okay. to, um, <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that, but you could. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of rubbing. I'm like, I, I often ask myself like, well, why do I believe what I believe? Um, I mean, in our la- one of our last episodes, we talked about like epistemology, or I guess the one I'm listening to right now is epistemology. Right? We talked about like oh. how we know what we know. And I think, I have spent a lot of time wrestling with like, how do I know what I know? And more so, why do I believe what I believe? Like Emily's asked me lots of really good and deep questions that I think almost everyone is asking, but no one is brave enough to ask out loud. And so, but I've also been pretty firm and like, I still believe all the things I believe about Jesus to be true. Like I still 
believe a lot of things I believe about the Bible to be true. But what I think has rubbed off on me the most is like what it means to be a pastor might look differently. Like I think mm-hmm. what we've been told, at least what I've been told, like it implicitly through seminary was like, your job is to have all the answers and help the people that don't have the answers that line up with mine to get in line. Mm-hmm. And I think that's no longer, and I probably never really thought that's what it meant to be a pastor, but I've really released trying to be like the guru with all the answers, which is essentially what we've made pastors out to be. Like we would not say that, but um, that's kind of what we've made them out to be. Which was like so beautiful for me attending your church, Danny, because I, the day I met you, um, we were talking and you were like, oh, so you probably know the Bible better than me. Like you just said that the day I met you. And I was like, the pastor? <laughs> like it was, <laughs> I appreciated it because I was like, mm, probably, but like also no pastor had ever had the guts to say that or that humility to genuinely care what I think because you like respect my mind and respect my knowledge and just like respect me as a human. I, it was just, it was truly wild. Like I've never experienced a pastor. Say were were you, like were you raised in the faith, Emily? Same question for Dan. I was. Yeah. Day one. <laughs> How about you, Dan? Yeah. I, um, so yes and no. So it's like, we went to church because my older brother was in church choir. He graduated and then we just stopped going for like, uh, a pretty decent chunk of my like middle elementary middle school years and then I dipped a toe back in like my late middle school early high school because it was like the thing that people did um but yeah I when I went to college I was like oh like I want to invest more in my faith I started like working at a youth group um because one of my like mentors in high school took a job there and then I went and took a job in Alabama as a youth pastor and hated it and thought I'd never work in a church again. And then uh, here I am now <laughs> doing it for 10 years. <laughs> um, I I was like born into it. Like my my family was in ministry and stuff before I was even born. Um, and I've learned that like, like when you're talking about like knowledge of the Bible, whatever, I, I actually have... I mean, I've been taught the Bible forever, but I'm just really bad with like the the logistics of the verses and like I I feel like I have the Bible in my brain, but I don't know where to find the parts of the Bible that are in my brain. You know, it's like I can I can relate the teachings, but I'd have to do all the homework and stuff to 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 really know the Bible like that. Um, but it's like the conversations that I have now with people, um, they look so different than they used to for me. Um, well, um, Emily, what, what's been like, like, what's the, um, the most recent yarn pulling, um, mm. topic that you're on? That, whoa, what a good question. Mm. Uh, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it's like, I guess the yarn pulling I'm on is, okay, 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 okay. I think I get it. <laughs> it took me a second. Um, on a recent episode that just came out on our podcast, I talked to an attachment theorist named Crespin Mayfield. Attachment theory is like that relationship, um, secure and secure stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he wrote a book called attached to God. So like how our attachment theory relates to God. Incredible. Um, but one thing he said is I was like, I don't even know if it's worth it anymore to just try so hard to like not throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's killing me and I'm exhausted Mm. 
and I'm so done and I don't know if it's helpful. And he said, he said, I think that God loves you so much that he would rather you have no God than a God you feel unsafe with, which is like, like the freedom of that, of like God. Cause for so long, you think it's all like about God. God is jealous for his glory, all that stuff. And so if you're not glorifying him or not looking to him, then he's pissed. And so to think that God cares about me so deeply that he actually cares about like the safety I feel with him, even if that looks like not being with him or taking a break from him. I think was such a game changer that God is so for me and not like not as for himself. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like I think of the, the lukewarm vomit, <laughs> The lukewarm, the hot, cold, lukewarm, I'll vomit you out or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. See, that's there's 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 that thing happening where I don't know the Bible, but I know it. <laughs> um, it's like I, it's like in or out. Like don't don't hang out at the door. It's like I'd I'd rather you be outside where you feel better or you know about your decision. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm I'm kind of in the same place, but there's just so like so I I have I have kids. I have a two year old and a three year old, and I don't know what to teach these kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I sit with them, and I I posted this video of last night. I actually, um, y- y'all know the Pharaoh Pastor's wife. She's on on TikTok. She she I think uh, I do. Y- yeah, you'll you'll run into her. <laughs> she um, <laughs> I, I've been like DMing back and forth with her and stuff, and she's like five years away from starting her deconstruction. So she's like deeper into it. But um, I sent her this video. I was like, I could post this video. Like, why I, why did I feel like I needed to hide this? Um, somebody gifted us um this sign that says um as for me in my house yeah and i took the sign and for those who don't know as for me in my house we will serve the lord is what the sign said and um i took the sign it's been sitting like in the foyer like on the floor since we moved in it was like a housewarming gift and i just threw it out i was like we're not serving the lord in this house (laughs) and i and i chucked it and and i felt like like it like hurt to do it um and and I thought to myself, like, what am I replacing this with? And I look back, and I, I have the <laughs> the Democratic Socialists of America flag hanging off on the front of my house. Like a big red flag with, like, the hands shaking and the rose, whatever. It's like the Bernie Sanders party or whatever. And um, it's like, is that what I'm replacing? Like, what's, what... what what is the banner that if that that will be um there's that verse <laughs> his banner over me is love it's like like what is the banner that is over my children and it's like i want to teach them love but i don't want to teach them the love that came from being colonized you know like that's that's where it's come from for me and <laughs> emily gets it um but um you know like have have you thought i mean emily do you do you have kids no right I don't I, I don't have children, okay. but I'm wondering if I can like almost shift the question a little yeah, bit yeah. to Danny. Like, I guess I would like to know, like, Danny, has anything in my journey or like going on this journey with me changed how you think about parenting or how you talk to your kids about God? Maybe not at all. Um, no. <laughs> but... <laughs> you just say don't be like Emily. <laughs> but no, I mean, I do think about like I I think about how I interact with my kids in this a lot. I don't know that this, our journey has impacted that necessarily, though. I mean, I wonder how my kids will be when they're 
21, 22, you know, like how that will be. But, um, but like, I don't, I mean, Carl, I don't know if you know, but I have like, I'm divorced. I have a split marriage, like our kids that have a split home. So they're with me 50% of the time, they're with their mom 50% of the time. Um, and then my wife now and I have a child together. And so I think about how my two kids from my first marriage have a very different religious experience and story because their mom's house is not really religious. Um, and I would say pretty against it. And, uh, our house is deeply rooted in Christian values and, and I'm a pastor and like my wife taught at the Christian school for 15 years. And so like our faith has informed a lot of who we are and what we do with our time. Um, so I do wonder that like, because they're getting two different, uh, rhetorics in their ear about the importance of, the church and importance of God, the importance of religion, any of that kind of stuff. And so it is a fine line to walk because I like pastors, kids are like notoriously some of the worst. And I like want my kids to come to whatever faith they come to on their own. Um, and if that's no faith, like for me personally, I think it's kind of a bummer because I think it adds a lot to your life, but it, my like love meter for them doesn't go down. So and that's one of the things we try to give in our house is like you have like you're an intellectually autonomous person. And so if you don't land where I land, like that's not because I failed you. That's because you have intellectual autonomy to make decisions and decide what you want to invest in. Hmm. Yeah, I was one of those Christians that would be like, you need a pastor in your life. Like you need um like formal mentorship in your life. And it's if you don't have a pastor, you're lost. And that yeah. was like one of my like evangelistic tools. I use it all the time. And people would like ask themselves like, who, who's like teaching me? Especially like, you know, earlier on in life, you know, you're in the early 20s. Like mentorship is, I feel like is really important. And um, I think about that sometimes and, and I'm just like, I, I get like worried. It's like, I mean, I, I maybe I'm just being preemptively nervous about it because I have a lot of time to think about that. But um, <laughs> um, I, th I think about that stuff all the time regardless. And um. Emily, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you? You're under 30, right? I'm 23. Okay, you're very much under 30. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were young. I just, I'm, I'm 36, and Danny is not 23. Um, <laughs> um, but um, I feel like that age, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, there's stuff going on at 23 that I, I feel like guidance was, and maybe this podcast is it for you. Uh, maybe Danny is that person for you, but I feel like having like being shepherded was like really important for me, and um, you know I, I'm I'm happy that you have that, but I don't know if like a lot of deconstruction people who are at your age are ha have the same luxury. I agree with you 100. percent I think it's interesting that and something that Danny and I have to work through a lot, or have I would say have had to. It's better, but. Yeah, I totally think mentorship is so important. Um, and having people like older than you and wiser than you, like on this journey with you is just a beautiful gift that I, so many people feel like they're going through deconstruction alone. And that just kills me because I felt that way for so long. However, with like a pastor relationship or even just, I don't, I mean, yeah, I would say a pastor relationship is I am so used to not being allowed to disagree with pastors and whatever they say is law and so so dogma i would say yeah and so it's hard like i think we've grown a lot and i'm much more comfortable now with disagreeing with danny or pushing back 
but it was and sometimes still is hard for me to like see Danny as a mentor figure instead of an authority figure if that makes sense Mm. and Danny you even reflected on the difference that you've seen in our relationship as like this has continued yeah I mean you become more confident in your own voice and your own thoughts and you're like and you're confident in our actual friendship right and Mm -hmm. I would say like Carl to to the point of it like because I hear people like hey you do need a pastor in your life like it's certain circles say that's more evangelical I would say not a thing um but really what they're, they're not saying you need a mentor. I think you maybe, you may have thought that. <laughs> yeah. what saying, you need someone to tell you what to believe. Mentoring is is a mutual relationship. It should be like a, a good yeah. mentor relationship has threads of friendship. It has threads of kind of teaching, but it's a two-way street. And that's what I think is hard about it. Like when someone says like, you need a pastor in your life, what they're saying is like, who are you? like getting your knowledge from and it's that's in some ways like that's what jesus and his disciples would do and like early rabbis would do right they would like cling to someone and they would get their beliefs from them but the part of what we missed from that journey is like there was also wrestling and pushing back and like why do i think what i believe and do i actually believe this and there was this constant wrestling and i think to your question or to your point like i think we've lost what it really means to mentor people that are younger than us and to Emily and I's relationship, I think I don't really care what we call it. Like, I just think there is a mutual investment both ways and we're both growing in friendship. I think Emily, even though, you, I mean, both of you said you're functionally agnostic, but it's what like kills me every time Emily says that or it's like your vernacular for life and your experience is always through the lens of where God is in it anyway. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> we're growing closer to whatever that thing is that we're striving to or closer to and just like learning like I'm probably a smarter person now than I was when before I started the podcast and so mm-hmm. like there's ways that I've grown Emily's grown our producer Dustin like I think he's in I, I see him as a mentor in my life but also as a friend and so mm-hmm. it's like I like there's a lot of like really good people in this journey and and we've said this before, I think like at the core of the point of our podcast is that at the, at the purest level, the three of us now, Dustin, Emily, and I are like trying to model like three friends going through this journey together. Mm. Well, um, Emily, what's, what would you say are the things you missed the most um, from your pre 2020 days? Oh, uh, I can tell you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely certainty. So you're going to say Danny? Um, (laughs) like that and just like a black and white view of life like it's so much simpler excuse me but like I uh, I but pre-2020 Emily thought she knew literally everything and honestly (laughs) I mean you were what 20 amazing way to live life (laughs) Yeah, but I... That's like the dumbest age of one's life, by the way. (laughs) 20-year-olds are idiots. (laughs) A hundred percent, but like biblical knowledge-wise and knowledge of God, I knew all the right answers in my Mm. denomination. So in if you would have asked a church leader, maybe not wisdom does Emily know everything, but like knowledge, they would Mm. be like, yeah, Emily knows her stuff. And then, so to lose that, which to me was also perceived like losing a lot of respect and trust. I think all of that, like the loss of certainty 
coincided with the loss of people thinking highly of my mind, at least in that like past in, in those circles. Like Danny thinks really highly of my mind and that means so much to me every time he says it because most of the people in my previous life think that I'm like crazy now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I like, I would say that and also just like such built-in community mm -hmm. like my whole life was church like, that I was secretly the answer i was i was wanting to hear <laughs> um, not that i don't have community anymore at like that's definitely not true i have like a ton of awesome people in my life but it's like my mom worked in our church so it was like obviously not a disaster um, <laughs> but uh so like I was always like that's the only place I was at church. I went to school in our church, so like I was always there, and those people were everything. And so then to like lose most of them, and then have to like find new people, and thinking that people only like me if I 100% agree with them because that's the community that I was in, mm -hmm. is like a lot to overcome. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, so I'm, I'm a musician, as you can see behind me, um, and I really enjoyed having weekly um, opportunities to hang out with people that I hadn't seen in a week and just have a good cry. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I maybe the churches you guys um, are, are part of or were part of, it wasn't like that, but um because uh, you were saying it's like reformed, whatever. I, I, I'd imagine it's not the same. <laughs> but like yeah. we would like Less listen fine. to Bethel and or play Bethel, or whatever. And it was like you know that that kind of that kind of vibe. And it was just yeah. like there was like this like like a bodily um, part to the whole thing. It's like you're Catharsis? yeah, like, like you're you're moving, you're you're being shaped. You're you know like you're allowing yourself to expel you know like fart out the spirit part of yourself that needed to come out you know and 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 allow new things in and connect with people in a, in a weird way like it was super kumbaya hippie stuff that i miss a lot um because i feel like um regardless of the theology behind it it's just it just feels good to do that like it just feels good to be to to repeat the same lyric a thousand times until you believe it um and that's something that like it was a tool that I, I i i think about it now and it was totally like a tool of like you know, hypnotizing people or whatever but um but um but it felt good you know um and there's you know that's one thing that i miss and also the just organized community like being forced to see people that you normally wouldn't <laughs> every week yeah that's interesting that's i mean starting a new church like it, there's a lot of fun in that and but one of the, like my fondest memories was when I worked at a pretty large church and like all of my best friends were those people and both staff and the congregants and like whether it's like you're more charismatic or you're more reformed or whatever it is it's like your your tribe of people has it's like shared practices that you valued and meant like define what it means to be in a relationship like for you it was jamming out in like spontaneous worship and for emily it was like doing uh bible memorization drills and <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's different there's different things for all of us and i think that's i think that's an important thing to name in deconstruction where it seems like both of you probably are in a space where you've had enough time to like reflect retrospectively but it's like part of what we miss 
is like the God we once knew that that's for sure. Um, but what we're missing is like the norms of the community that like shaped and formed us and became so embodied in who we are. And now like we're outside of those anymore. Um, and like, even for me, like leaving. So the way the Methodist church works, like I'm appointed to go work. I like don't choose where I work every year. And like, I, even though I'm not deconstructing, like I mourn every time I leave one of those places because it's like, those were my people. And so it's like, I'm not mourning the loss of what I believed, but I can see how traumatic that would be if you lose both of those things at the same time. Yeah. I, I was in ministry. I, I worked full-time ministry. So, um, you know, it, even before that, it was like, I was there every day. <laughs> every, I was at church whenever I could be. And yeah. um, I, there was times like we were recording music, whatever, and I would sleep at the church. I would literally be at the church all week. Um, and, um, you know, when I was in ministry, it was like I'd wake up in the morning. Well, when I was in, in full-time ministry, wake up in the morning and see people all day, eight hours a day, and then go home and then be with my – like it was like church all the time. And then the weekends was church. Like it was – I, my, my break from church was like Friday nights and Saturday mornings because church for me started Saturday at 8 p.m. because I had to wake up at 5.30. So it's like I had to get into that mentality like I got to wake up early, I got to go to bed early um, every weekend. And um, that like it like went away overnight. Um, and that was like traumatic for me. Um, uh, have there Emily, has, has there been any like practical changes like has your how does your life look different from pre-2020 drinks a lot more on saturday night <laughs> <laughs> are you sitting more emily hundred <laughs> percent. um i did like right kind of when i really started deconstructing like the first like leg of that journey <laughs> my friend and i would go to a bar every saturday night and i would just maybe not super sober and i would just yell this is so much more fun than church <laughs> just at the bar <laughs> so, um yeah i mean life looks different in a sense that you know i do so little now that's rooted in like a shame of if i don't do it mm. and that is so dope like I do not wake up in the morning and feel guilt for not reading my Bible or like I need to do this or do this or like God won't be happy with me or I won't be a good Christian or like I won't be respected. Like it's, I don't, this is maybe still kind of abstract, but practical. It looks different every week, but practical in the sense of like, now that I don't think that I'm just an awful person with no value, like I care about, what I want and like what my body needs and what I need. And like, that's just been so cool. Like to be able to just fight for like, if people like ask me to hang out and I'm like, Oh, I actually like need alone time. When I was deep in the church, I felt like I was being so selfish and not ministering to them if I could like during those days. And now I'm just kidding me. So that's not maybe necessarily super practical, but it's a practical shift of how I view my schedule. Hmm. I feel like I gained a day. Like my weeks are, <laughs> are seven days oh, long yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I remember having so I'm I'm in this journey along with my wife. I'm usually like a couple steps ahead of her, but in some areas I'm sometimes I'm behind her. Like she's I don't know we're we're kind, we kind of do this, uh, but we're both moving in the same direction. 
Um, but the other day we like looked up at each other and we're like, are we going to let our kids fornicate? (laughs) 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 Like, will that be a thing? Are we going to like, like, what's, what's that going to look like? And, um, and we had the conversation and I think we landed somewhere where it was like, we were comfortable with it, but it was like, like that is, I never in my life ever expected to have that conversation with my spouse. Like never, (laughs) never, like there was no way. And, you know, I think about, you know, being 23 and like what, like where my mind was that was 13 years ago for me. This is pre um, Bruce Jenner, right? It was Bruce Jenner was still Bruce Jenner. Weird way to date the calendar. (laughs) 2015 was, I was, was a big, was a big, I think that like 2015 was like the summer of love for millennials. Like. You can call it BC before. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like 1969 was like a big year for like um the boomers and um and like all the gen x's were were like conceived <laughs> in the summer of love or whatever um but it's like um i think about 2015 it's like um uh same-sex marriage was legalized and um the first it was the first time for probably most of the country to learn the word transgender or trans anything to use the word trans like it had just never it was not part of our vernacular before Right? I, am I wrong? That's when um um oh my god, what's what's her name now? Um, Caitlyn Jenner. That's when Caitlyn Jenner came out, and like the, the it was that year. Um, yeah. and I remember having these conversations with coworkers and being like, you know, I was still super conservative at that point. I had never voted. I never thought about voting. It was politics were like not a thing in my life. Um, and I think that was also the year that Trump announced his run. I think, or was that? Yeah, it was like all the same year. And oh. I think pe- there was like a political awakening for a lot of people. And, and I think it, it rippled out into like church conversations too. Um, yeah. But um, I never expected to even think about this stuff before. Um, and I wonder like, what's the next 2015 um, for, for people? Mm. And there's going to be more 2015s in your future, Emily, <laughs> where you're forced <laughs> to have these conversations again. And um, yeah, like I, I, anyway, I, I'm just thinking about like how it's affected my life um practically and like how i t- speak to people and and like i use the word they now and <laughs> like i just did it before um but uh, danny how how has that affected like ministry like w- what is it like being a pastor in in these weird crazy times yeah how did caitlin jenner affect you as a pastor <laughs> <laughs> well i um I think that's an interesting question. I mean, like the being inclusive as a pastor is a harder journey in some ways. And this, I think it's the right one. And I think it's only harder because of a few things. One, I'm on doing the work of a lot of more conservative, less inclusive pastors. And when I say that, like people come and they have a lot of baggage. Like the reason that you didn't hear about transgender, like as a word until 2015, wasn't because transgender people didn't exist. It's because yeah. you were an extra yeah. number of people that didn't believe transgender people existed. Right. And so I think like that's what makes it hard is like I'm in some ways like trying to speak into a group of people that until they experience their first LGBTQ Christian or realize that um 
racism is still real or realize that there's misogyny within the church and embedded within our culture, right? Understanding all those things, like until you get outside of the echo chamber that says those things don't exist, like you're never going to believe them. And until you see someone that's impacted by it or a part of that community. So, I mean, to answer your question, like it's weird to be a pastor because most conservative people think that I've just abandoned all the Bible and I don't believe the Bible or that I like am just wishy-washy. Like I get told that I'm a false prophet and I'm going to hell all the time. Like wow. I just had a TikTok That's the nice. other day. So uh, like semi-viral again. And what I know for certain is anytime that happens is most of the comments are going to be, you're a false prophet or you're leading people to hell or, or blah, blah, blah. So, um, and so th- that kind of stuff makes it hard. I remember early on, like, when Emily and I had, st- I don't even think we had started the podcast, like one of her old mentors and I and Emily were in this weird, I've never met this dude. And we were in this weird triangle of communication. And I just remember like calling one of like my mentors and like, I was like crying. I was like, man, like, is this just sucks. And like, I mean, he's a progressive pastor and he's leading really good change at a large church. And I was like, does this ever get better? Like, or am I just going to, am I going to always have people that are just like up my ass all the time? And he gave me pretty good wisdom. It's like, it's probably not going to get better, but like what has to get better is like your confidence in what you're doing. And I think that's where I was. It was like, I care so much about people. Like I never want to be leading anyone astray. I never want to be like teaching the wrong thing. And so I just probably, it was a necessity for me to grow even deeper in confidence and belief in what I stand for and what kind of community I'm hoping to build at the well and through the deconstruction zone and and some of the other spaces that I'm blessed to get to be a part of. So, but it's weird. I mean, but I'm a divorced pastor of a church in a microbrewery that gay people aren't going to hell so like i'm i'm in a, a small box by myself maybe <laughs> hmm. the 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 old pastor of mine that reached out he said that anyone who is that inclusive has long since abandoned the authority of jesus and i was <sighs> like i don't think you know jesus <laughs> like it was it carl it's like it was a very very intense time <laughs> yeah for both of, i mean like i had like my kind of like culminating moment but for you like you carried it for a lot longer in different ways i remember like there we would get together to so i guess we were doing podcasting at least doing part of this because i remember you would come in and i could just tell by the look on your face if something had happened or if you got a text message and i think like relating it to the conversation of deconstruction and maybe you had this person in your life too carlos or maybe not but i think that's what is hard and we have not really dove into him in this on on our podcast at all but I think like, I think most people that are going through deconstruction have that person that's very, that's trying to pull them back from where they came from and doing it with language that seems like it's based in love, but really it's based in like mistrust and it's based in a lot of things like that. And I think that's what makes it hard. But Emma, I mean, you might speak from, from your perspective differently than I do. And Carl, so you have that person, but I think that's what I noticed from afar. It's like, the hardest thing in step one of your deconstruction was like even being able to detach yourself from that, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to explore with any level of freedom or, and to use the great intellect you have, like you weren't being, that was like named as one of your biggest enemies, not an ally to your like pursuit, right? 
Yeah, I mean, he he was like, I think you're way too smart to be going through deconstruction. <laughs> we should, go, oh, we should go into it on an episode one time, Danny. Yeah, I was like, as I was talking, I was like trying to think. I was kind of surprised that we had never talked like at real length. Like, um, we should. I think we could do a whole episode about how both of us were affected by that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Like our yeah. version of the tweets. Or we have them on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I I think about that sometimes, and um, I. I usually have like an idea of what co- the conversations are going to look like when I have somebody on on the podcast, or whatever. Yeah. But um, sometimes I I don't I don't, <laughs> and I'm just afraid it's like it's going to go there or it'll get weird or ugly or whatever. And I'm like, eh. um, but <clears throat> you know, I think about sometimes like the like I'm in a place now where I kind of I've been seeing Christianity like I see essentially any other religion, and um. Um, you know, I think about the the coexist bumper sticker, <laughs> and it's like people are going to continue to be Christian. That's going to happen, and the majority of this country is Christian and will continue to be Christian at least during the course of my life. I've read somewhere that like by twenty seventy that'll change, but will I be alive? I'm trying to do the math, probably I'll, I'll be nearing nearing death. But for the until, for during the course of my life, most Americans will be Christian and will continue to be Christian. And it's like, how can we? Like there has to be a way of us being able to, you know, live in the same spaces and um and be loving towards each other and you know and I didn't think that was possible at one point, you know, like um in in the deepest part of in the angriest part of my deconstruction, I was like, this is not gonna work. It's just gonna be it's gonna continue to be colonization. There's just a bunch of cookies and Like that's how I saw it, and um, you know, I mean. W- w- what happened with me personally was like there was a point where um, the more conservative I got, the more I realized it's like I have to be in or out and I can't I can't love gay people <laughs> and continue to be Christian. Like that's how I, I ended up seeing it. So, so I either have to start um, – I either got to um, you know dig my heels deeper in, into the faith and really just shroud myself with the Bible and, and do that or, or get out. And that was that was part of it for me, and um, I I know that there's people in in the same journey that are going through the same things, like especially now social media and the polarization and all that. Like people are just getting more entrenched in wh- whatever it is that they're in, and um, that you know that worries me sometimes. But I feel like I'm thinking more about counteracting that than I am thinking about like leading anyone else into. Because that's another thing I hear all the time. People text me. It's like. You know, you're you're an influencer now. You're you know you're leading people into like um, dark places where it's like you're you're like like you were saying, Danny. It's like you're you're leading people to hell or whatever. It's like that's not what I'm trying to. I hope not. Yeah, I I really do not think that like what we're doing is leading anyone to deconstruct. Mm-hmm. I think we are off. We are being vocal about it and creating a safer space to deconstruct. I just like. People tell me that all the time too. Like, just make sure that people know that you're not like proselytizing or being like, you gotta deconstruct. And I'm like, if I'm ever saying you gotta deconstruct, I mean it in the sense of if this is something you're wanting to do, just freaking go for it. Because I promise it's worth it. But it's not like we're not like get out of there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're an idiot. Like, you know, and I think I 
I do think that's an important distinction because I think if we were like, you have to deconstruct, then we're just like the fundamentalism that we grew up in. Yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. And I thank you guys so much for, for giving me uh, an hour of your life that you will never get back. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, if we can close with, um, you know, just some encouragement, some advice, like, uh, Danny, where, what's, what's something that you could leave to, to my listeners? Like what, like, like a nugget. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say my nugget, and you might not agree with this nugget, because like, it's going to maybe disagree. With you. <laughs> agree with um, the nugget. It's a nugget. <laughs> um, but you said something a little earlier, like I couldn't be a Christian and love gay people mm. because like the system is that, right? And from my perspective, I think our experiences growing up inform not only how we view religion, but then how we go about deconstructing it. Um, I mean, you've talked about colonization and like, we've never really talked about that, but that's obviously a part of the lens of you see your story, right? So like yeah. you're seeing deconstruction through a lens that is unique to you. And so I would say kind of two things. One, like in your deconstruction, I think figure out what your lens is, is the most helpful thing you mm -hmm. can do. Like what is driving me to that? Like, even though Emily is not a, a evangelical Calvinist anymore, she still speaks as if she's a agnostic Calvinist in the, <laughs> the world right and so i think understanding that some of those things <clears throat> will maybe not forever be tethered but are at, at points tethered um and then the second thing is like i think that you we've been told and sold a lie that to be inclusive is antithetical to the gospel and i just think that's not true and so i think you can be a fully inclusive person whether that's through sexuality through gender through um racial conversation whatever those things are i think that you can advocate for justice and inclusion and all that and still be deeply rooted in the bible and so um so for anyone that's listening it's like and if that's something you're interested in exploring i think like try to explore who jesus said he was and not who your pastor told you jesus was and what what the bible has to say like dive in yourself and reflect on that so I wasn't really disagreeing with you, I guess, but Emily. Oh, I think I was waiting for like that. Emily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for an engraved invitation, but um, <laughs> yeah, I would say like <laughs> um, my nugget would be, I guess, um, like do what you need to do like if that is pulling the thread all the way full circle on this analogy mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh it always comes back <laughs> um like then that is that is fine like truly like the nugget that i want to give but i'm trying not to be corny is like our tagline of embrace the journey but i truly the way that that tagline has continued to mean so much to me as my journey has changed and shifted and to just really go into it and even like make a home in this journey and just find pockets of safety and beauty in the midst of a journey that's often really hard mm. and taking care of myself throughout the journey instead of like pushing through the journey 
so that I can be done with it, which is how I approached deconstruction for probably like the first year. Uh, it's just, yeah. So I know this is corny if people listen to our podcast, but like my nugget truly is embrace the journey. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, it's it's kind of like dating, you know, it's like you have like the the honeymoon phase at the beginning and it's like everything's fresh and new. You're just kind of like rushing into a lot of stuff and and getting really touchy feely with this new version of yourself. <laughs> this this not this new metaphor is going so a different real. direction, but it's kind of like that. It's like well, I'm usually like a year into your dating. You're like, I think I just want to date you and just it be dating and not think about what the next step is constantly, you know, like what, what base we're on or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but, and that's a third base in my deconstruction <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so how can people find y'all what's the best way to support you i get danny answer the because you're going to talk at the same time <laughs> yeah so uh the best way to get connected with them, i'm pulling them up real quick is so you can find us on tiktok is actually like one of the easiest ways to get connected with us i know podcasts ours are about 30 minutes long but um, I know that some people want even shorter than that. And so you can find us on TikTok at deconstruction zone pod. Uh, all one word, all one word, uh, great way to find us. We're also on Instagram under the same name, but you can find us also on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, um, for the deconstruction zone podcast. Um, and then Danny Liebarger is my name. So you'd find me as the author, I think if that pulls up, but those are some of the best ways. And yeah, Emily, is there any ways? I, I want to know about this this shirt. Can um, we talk about the shirt? Oh, well, also in YouTube. I don't think you said YouTube. Okay. Yeah, YouTube. Um, what do you want me to say? About this? Oh, also if you want merch, like um, uh, on Instagram and on our TikTok, we have like a link tree and you can click merch. Uh, and we have a lot of really cool stuff that you should definitely buy um, and give us money. <laughs> we turned uh, uh, we turned Emily isms and Danny isms into swag, so people can wear them. So, um, but yeah, it's been fun. I feel like we're trying to figure out how to continue to grow this, and like that's some of the conversations we're having now because it's like we're seeing an audience that Emily had a TikTok go viral, like it just blew up. It's still like we have, I haven't posted TikTok in like two weeks, which is like TikTok hates you for that, and we're still getting like thousands yeah. of views on this video wow. and because of that like our listenership is like doubled which mm -hmm. it told us a, a really important thing it's like one i think the tiktok emily was talking about the loss of her community um, yeah and how that's that's how i discover y'all yeah and our <laughs> our listenership is like skyrocketed because that's what most people's story is and we've even tried mm -hmm. to dive into that conversation realizing it's like give the people what they want you know let's talk about the real pain and the crappiness of this journey but and embrace like, it at the same the time day, right <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the day that we recorded that i came in and i was like danny i don't know if you want me on this podcast anymore because i'm in a really dark place mm. and so honestly so healing for me to see me being like just very real <laughs> go viral and people connect with it is i was like oh like my journey is helpful to people even when it feels like people will just be sick of it, mm. <laughs> which is cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to, um, I, I'm going to have you on again eventually, but yeah, thank Do you it. so much for, for this first one. And, um, yeah. embrace the journey people. <laughs> Is that a finger snapping? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Aww, true fan. <laughs> true fan.